Hello and welcome to Two Kinky Women Podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I'm Midnight Lady, and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi, everybody. So glad you're here to listen to us today. But we're always interested in hearing what you have to say. Questions, comments, we hope you'll send in some questions and comments at tkw at twokinkywomen.com. The two is always numeric. We'd also like to invite you to join our email newsletter request, twokinkywomen.com, and get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink or whatever particular downloadable infographic we happen to be pushing that particular month. Almost all of our topics are open for discussion. We don't discuss crimes against children and animals. That is forbidden. But everything else is fair game. And uh, now, back to my partner in crime, Midnight Lady. Okay, so today's topic for this month, we are going to be talking about and exploring non-monogamy and what does that have to do with kink and how does that relate to kink and what exactly even is non-monogamy so it's it's a big umbrella uh, similar to the way kink is an umbrella for lots of different things the term non-monogamy is an umbrella And, and so under that umbrella we have things like polyamory we have open relationships, we have monogamish, and so we're going to just take a moment now to just, because uh, we like to talk about the terms, because we use a lot of terms and names for things. So polyamory, what does it mean? Well, it comes from, poly comes from the Greek root for many, and uh, am- amory comes from the Latin root for love, so Polyamory means many loves. Uh, And where you have your open relationship is a physical or sometimes can be romantic relationship that is not predicated on exclusivity. So you you can be monogamous in your poly relationships with a, a designated three, four, however many people are in your poly family. And you only engage and have relationships with those people in your poly family, but an open relationship does not have those same exclusions. So, and the term monogamish, well, what does that mean? Monogamish is a term that Dan Savage, the gay uh, gay and relationship podcast guru, he describes it as, well, you're not fully open relationship. It's more a a mixing of monogamy and non-monogamy, so he calls it monogamish. So it's for more like short-term encounters, things of that nature. Um, So now that we have the terms, uh, first I think it's very important that we have to address the cultural norms. You are raised to believe that you need to go out and find the one you're the one. Oh my God, she's the one. He's the one. And and that is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with because they are the one. Well, I don't believe there's any one for any person. I believe that we cannot ever be 100% for our partners. So we might find someone that is like 70% and we round them up to one because like I said I don't think that there is the one for any one person because we can't we can't meet all of our partner's needs all the time it's impossible so let's go into just a one statistic just to give you a guys an, an overview Four to five percent of adults have consented in non-monogamous relationships. Now, four to five percent, what does that mean? Over 10 million people 
identify or as poly and have consensual non-monogamous relationships. Now, Mrs. Gabrielle, I, I think we should also discuss the distinction between polyamory and polygamy. We certainly should, but back to your point about 10 million people in the U.S. Uh, experimenting with this type of relationship status. Esther Perel, who's a very well-known relationship therapist, she's been in the uh, news over the past couple of years. She's written a couple of really, really good books. And uh, she's done quite a few interviews. Um, she says that traditional monogamy is on the wane and is perhaps, in our day and age, increasingly untenable. And this is very interesting hearing this kind of thing from a relationship therapist. Is traditionally, have you gone to, uh, had you gone to a, a relationship therapist or a marriage counselor, otherwise known as a marriage counselor, and you talked about uh, having an affair or uh, wanting to be in an open relationship because you wanted to pursue an affair, uh, generally speaking, the, um, uh, the way to deal with that in terms of the therapist was to get you to say you weren't going to do it anymore. And uh, to make a long story short, this is changing. There is no question that it is changing. The world is changing when it comes to sexual mores also. And in addition to that, I think that the millennials um, are looking at, um, now of course this is a great generalization, but the millennials are tending to look at um, uh, something which some people might call sexual ownership as definitely untenable. Uh, A lot of young people are not interested in that. They want to do the things that make them happy. And being owned by another person sexually is not something that makes them happy. That 10 million number is a big number. That's the same number uh, uh, of people in the United States who identify as uh, LGBTQ. So that's a big number, big part of our population. But anyway, to go on, uh, as you asked me, to talk about what is polyamory versus polygamy. Um, We can talk about polygamy as, generally speaking, something that is religiously motivated and typically involves a man with multiple wives. Now, we're familiar with that uh, in terms of um, things like the old TV show on HBO years back called Big Love. And we are familiar with that also, um, the reality TV show called Sister Wives. And you see people, again, religiously motivated. They are generally uh, Mormons. Uh, Generally speaking, not uh, Mormons um, uh, who are um, uh, or self-described as practicing Mormons in the 21st century, but people who have fallen back into an old, older form of Mormon uh, worship, which includes a polygamous lifestyle. Polyamory is a little bit different. Um, polyamorist essentially um, tends, I think that the lifestyle tends to be based on um, uh, an ideal, idealistic view of life, maybe even a utopian view uh, of life, uh, ideas of sexual liberty, and of course that may take many forms. And in fact, um, that could be a connection to the kink world. Um, There's a lot of similarity between uh, the ideas of uh, maintaining a polyamorous lifestyle and a kink lifestyle. Both uh, require constraints, negotiations, uh, lots of discussion, honesty, Um, confronting uh, each other with um, the reality of feelings. Uh, So there's a lot that is is similar. Um, There's a lot that isn't. But in my experience in the lifestyle, um, for sure I have met more people in the kink world who practice uh, polyamory, some successfully, some not, than in any other kind of um, um, subculture 
within uh, our our country, our our social social uh, structure. Um, polyamory can include things like um, uh, swinging. Polyamory can include things like um, uh, the open relationships that UML talked about. Open, but you're not living with multiple partners. Uh, polyamory, um, again, uh, can take many forms. Absolutely take a lot of different kinds of forms. And generally speaking, not religiously motivated and uh, also generally speaking, embraced by people who would like to consider themselves um, perhaps adventurous and uh, on the edge of um, um, living in a sexual utopia. The, the similarities between the kink world and the, the polyamory world is very similar in that when you set up a scene, you say, this is what the expectations are, this is what I'll do, this is what I won't do. So in a sense, you're setting up rules for your scene. And you are also setting up rules for your poly relationships. And you have, generally, you have a primary relationship. So for, for myself and Mistress Gabrielle, we are both married. And those men, our, our spouses, are our primary relationship. Now, I have a boy. Mistress Gabrielle has a boy. We have secondary relationships. Those are our secondary relationships. And as such, the secondary relationship is a separate entity in and of itself. Our, sep- our, second, our sep- secondary relationship does not occur in conjunction with our primary relationship. And that's perfectly fine because, again, just like kink, polyamory is what you make it. Polyamory is what you want it to be. So... You can have a a threesome, you can have a triad that all lives together and everybody's together, or you can have a triad where there's a primary and a secondary, and the secondary lives off-site from your primary relationship with your spouse, in this case. Um, And those rules allow for us to have those secondary relationships. So just as an example... Some of the rules that I have with my spouse are we're allowed to have sex with other people. We abide by the rule that says anytime the penis comes out, it gets covered with a condom. 100% of the time. If it comes out, it gets covered. Oral sex, anal sex, Penis and vagina sex. Um, Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing with that penis, you put a condom on it. So we always say, if you whip it out, cover it up. That's our little motto. And if either one of us breaks that rule, now we've been doing, we've been practicing ethical non-monogamy since the day we met, which is, you know, 20-something years ago, 22, 3 years ago. And we have never once broken the rule. And if either one of us should break the rule, that's a signal that we need to renegotiate. Because breaking the rule is a choice. You don't accidentally forget to put a condom on. Especially when you know that's the thing that keeps you, allows you to have that secondary relationship. Because without that thing that allows for the secondary relationship, then something is missing. Something is wrong in the relationship if you're making that kind of a choice. So um, we understand poly to mean that you have that communication with your primary, you have the communication with your secondary, and the secondary understands that they are secondary. So if something happens with your husband, you have to be there as his spouse. God forbid he's in the hospital or whatever. 
that secondary person understands that you're not available to them for whatever reason at that time. So let me ask you a question in regards to being poly, polyamorous. Aren't you a slut if you uh, go running around and having sex with all sorts of people? See, that is such a derogative term. That's a pejorative, that, no question. And it it reeks of a misunderstanding of what polyamory is. Polyamory does not always include sex. It doesn't. Sometimes it it is a an emotional relationship. You can have um, say you love your husband dearly, but he's not really the touchy-feely kind of guy. He's kind of like macho male, don't show your feelings kind of guy. You And you are open. You have this poly. You can get your emotional support from your, your secondary relationship. You don't ever have sex with them. He's your let's go to the movies boyfriend. He's your, you know... Uh, one walks on the beach, friend. Um, so it's not always about sex. What it's about is love and getting other needs met that maybe your primary can't fulfill. But we can also think of the word slut as we learn in uh, a terrific book I, I read years and years ago called The Ethical Slut by uh, Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. We can use that word. Uh, we can reclaim it. Let's put it that way. We can reclaim it from its use as a pejorative. And we can say that a person who is a slut signifies a person who's accepting of their enjoyment of sex and the pleasure of physical intimacy with others. And that person now, the quote-unquote slut, chooses to engage and to accept this in an ethical an open way. I guess that makes me a slut then. As opposed to <laughs> cheating. Yes. Well, let's talk about cheating. Let's talk about cheating. Okay. So, cheating. To me, in my estimation, is being poly cheating? Absolutely not. Why? Because you are in complete communication and consent and honest communication and consent with both your primary and your secondary. What is cheating? Cheating is where you lie to your spouse that you are not having an affair when you are in fact having an affair. Or several. Or several as the case may be. That connotation of dishonesty and the intent of dishonesty is what characterizes it as cheating. And I always tell people, I say, my husband will never cheat on me. He will never cheat on me. Why? Because we have a relationship that he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to, right. And if he doesn't have to, he won't. Right. He gets all of his needs met. Why? Because we have an open relationship. Not open, we have a poly relationship. Um, the ethical slide again. I'm going to refer to this book because it just is is such a good um, um, primer, I think, on how you can live outside the boundaries of what we consider acceptable in our society. Of course, that is changing. But uh, Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy do discuss how to live an active life with concurrent sexual relationships. And here's the key in a fair an honest way. That's if you it. don't have honesty, forget yep. about it. Fair now, and, and honest. Right. And they do discuss um, how to deal with uh, practical difficulties, and there are plenty of them because people are people and we're complicated. Yes. Uh, practical difficulties include um, uh, finding and keeping par- partners, maintaining the relationship with others, uh, strategies for personal uh, growth in a relationship, um, how uh, non-monogamy is handled in different subcultures, and also about that humongously huge green-eyed monster hiding behind every yes. closed door. Jealousy. 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 That's a, that's a, that is a very 
challenging because it it it's it can be so ugly but i find that poly people in particular are better and more insightful at looking at themselves and saying you know so when i was researching this topic and i, I was reading this one woman's account where she was terribly jealous of her primary partner's secondary partner. And what she was able to look into herself with and be honest with herself and authentic with her feelings was that she didn't have a problem with him having a secondary partner. Her particular problem her jealousy stemmed from the fact that she was going to be alone on the occasional Saturday night. And that is what bothered her. So she had come to this realization that it wasn't Polly that was upsetting her. It wasn't the Polly relationship. It was the fact that she was alone on a Saturday night. So once she was able to rectify being alone on a Saturday night, getting what she needed and being honest with herself that this is what she needs and then fulfilling that need herself. She no longer felt the jealousy in that particular situation. Now, obviously in other situations, uh, the jealousy can be a lot more stronger and more difficult to deal with. Um, it is a challenge. I recently, just myself, uh, caught a glimpse of my husband at a play party playing with someone else. Um, and and I, it shocked the shit out of me. I was I was a little jealous. I was a little jealous that, that he was playing with someone and, and, and I wasn't. And when I looked, and again, when I looked at myself and I said, am I jealous that he's playing with someone? Or am I just upset because I wasn't playing with anybody? And, and that was really what it was. It wasn't him playing with someone, because I was more than happy to see him playing with somebody. It was that I was left out, like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't playing with anyone. Um, and in that moment, I said, well, shit, I can either stand here watching him and be jealous, or I can go talk to somebody and go get a drink of water and, and strike up a conversation with somebody instead of crying in the corner, you know, whining in the corner to myself. I went and did something about it. I went and, and struck up conversations with people. And then, and, and then he was done and he came back to me all fat and happy. And I was happy. He was happy because who doesn't love a happy hubby? <laughs> Right. Now, this is interesting that you talk about that. That's the other, I think, or one of the other connections uh, to the kink world. Um, one of the things that we do when we play in the kink world is, um, uh, even though you're partnered with somebody, one of the two of you can go play with somebody else. And you can do that in an open environment like a dungeon or at a play party. Uh, you can co-top another person. Which could be a really good introduction into Polly without, of course, that intent. It just kind of happens naturally. Here you are, a wonderful uh, couple. Uh, whatever your roles are at this moment in time, you're going to co-top, which means more than one person topping another person or another couple, whatever the case may be. It means working as a, as a unit together. And uh, it seems very natural and a lot of fun. And... Uh, not only that, um, you can be attracted to people. The both of you can now be attracted to that person you're playing with and vice versa. And it seems like um, uh, a really uh, interesting way to, uh, to see whether or not uh, this might be the first steps uh, opening into uh, a, a poly uh, type of uh, frame of mind. What could come next? Well, let's see. Anything is possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so now you know we we have this idea of what polyamory means and what it means to be poly, and how it relates to the kink scene, because I find 
um, for me, the whole point of playing is playing with different people. Different people give you different energy and different chemistry and different types of scenes. Um, so you have the people who are monogamous in the scene and they only play with each other specifically and do not play with anyone else ever. But they like to be in the public and they like to be social. Then you have people like myself and you and other people we know who are very much open. We play with multiple people, sometimes as many as two or three people a night we could play with at a party. Um, and the parallels there are very similar, which is why we included polyamory in our discussion of kink because they are so closely linked and related. So to switch up this conversation a little bit, because so far we've been talking about all the people who consent, communicate, they're on board, they want to do it. Let's talk about PUDs. Are you familiar with the term PUDs? PUDs. P-U-D-S. P-U-D-S. PUDs. Do tell. They are called Poly under duress. Ah. Now, I have to, again, credit the term to my my relationship guru, Dan Savage. He coined the phrase yet again. Poly under duress. So what does that mean? That means that one person in the marriage wants to be poly, wants to have an open relationship, and one partner does not. Now, there's no splitting the baby on this. You either, you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. There is no, I'm a little pregnant. You can't be a little poly. You're either poly or you're not poly. And the problem exists now. You have two people who are diametrically opposed. No one is going to be 100% happy because one person wants it and one person doesn't want it. You can't not put your penis in only a little bit and then say, I didn't do it at all. It doesn't work that way. You either are or you aren't. Um, so those types of relationships end up being stressed because the person who wants it and then doesn't do it is unhappy. Or the person who doesn't want to do it but then the, uh, they allow their spouse to be poly and, and to go out and get those secondary relationships. Now they're upset because they're under duress. Um, you see this kind of thing happen, I think, um, or you hear about it um, uh, uh, in, in, um, in, in the uh, swinger community or people who yeah. want to be involved in the swinger community. Um, when we think about this type of a dynamic, we generally think about the guy who wants to have uh, sex with a bunch of women. And uh, the reality is, in terms of the swingers community, is you don't get to go to swinger events alone as a male. You need a woman with you, okay? Otherwise, it's chaos. <laughs> yes. Some people would say it's chaos anyway. But uh, the idea being that you have to have the woman with you. And generally speaking, the swinger community is made up of couples. Okay, It is rare to have, um, and, and you can ask me why I know this, but in any event, it is rare to have uh, people who are on a first date attend a swinger conference or swinger weekend party or something along those lines. Many women are um, uh, attending uh, or getting involved in the swinger scene under duress, or you could even say coercion. Now, that's an issue. There's no question about it. That's definitely an issue, and I would say that in that case, get thee to a marriage counselor because you should never, again, very similar to how we look at the BDSM activities that we engage in, you should never have to do something you don't want to do. Right. And okay. you're and you're afraid of your spouse leaving you if you don't capitulate and allow him to have that relationship. So say that's where the cheating then comes in because she said no 
And he said, okay, I won't do it. But then that's really a lie because then he goes out and he cheats and has affairs. And so now he's lying. And that that is where the cheating, the term cheating comes in. It's that dishonesty. So we feel that um, you have to be your authentic self. And you can't be your authentic self 10 years and three kids later. You need to be your authentic self from like the second or third date. Yeah. You know, you don't want to. Yeah. You want to, you know, and you have to come at it with, um, hey, you know, this is me. I've got this really awesome thing that I do and it's so cool and I want to tell you about it because we get to do it together. I would love to do this with you. And it gives you. me a tremendous amount of pleasure. Pleasure and and so much self-esteem and it's just so wonderful. And you it's know. great socialization. Uh, yeah. And so, you, but you have to tell them that this is who you are in a way that makes it that they'll want to be interested. If you tell them in a way that, you know, like you have an incurable disease and you're going to die tomorrow, they're going to be less likely to want to get involved if you talk about it like you have cancer. But if you talk about it like you won the lottery, the sex lottery, and this is going to be awesome and let's go be kinky and it's going to be great, Come, come and enjoy utopia, sexual utopia with me. You know, and again, this yeah. is very similar to the uh, BDSM dynamic. Uh, being involved with somebody who does not know who you are. If you're hiding yes. it from a spouse, if you're hiding it from uh, a potential uh, partner, a girlfriend, somebody who you have a relationship with, what is that? What does that mean? How can you be an authentic human being if you have not let this person who, a fiancé, you're going to marry, know who you are? Of course, you run a risk. There's no question about that. You do run a risk. And let's face it, uh, your partner might say to you, uh, man or woman, why am I not enough for you? Mm. That happens all the time. And of course you're enough. You're enough. Of course you're enough. You are who you are. And that is plenty enough. However, okay, I want something a little different. Okay. You are plenty enough, but I want something a little different. And that is not an easy thing to do in a BDSM environment. Yeah. Hiding who <clears throat> you are. So my, my thing, and, and you mentioned this briefly just a minute ago or so, uh, my thing is this. You get involved with somebody on the second date, you better come out and tell them who you are. Yep. Because if it goes further than that and you have hidden who you are, what are you building on? What You're, are you building that on? That is the dishonesty. Because right. in not telling that person who you are intrinsically, aesthetically are, you are li- you're lying to them at that point. You're putting up this other persona that is not who you are and And it's manipulative and at some point i'm going through this right now with with a very close friend of mine uh Uh, he is always for as long as i've known him in the scene we're very close he is non-monogamous and he has always been that way for as long as i've known him 10 years i've known him so he met a very nice girl at a vanilla event and, and he started dating her and he moved in with her. And after he moved in with her and he was dating her for like a year, he started to tell her that this is who he is. And he is a plate partner of mine and he told her about me, and so now she does not like me very much right now. And he said, I'm non-monogamous. I've always been this way. Uh, this is who I am. I like kink. I like sex. I like this, all this stuff. 
and she is not cool with it. Not she is not cool with it. She is monogamous and vanilla. And he's like, but I love her. What am I gonna do? I said, sometimes love isn't enough. I said, please, I'm begging you, do not marry this woman. I'm sure she's very nice. I'm sure she's very lovely. But it is not intrinsically who you are. And while that might be okay now, and maybe even a couple of years from now, but at some point, I I feel like you're going to be missing out and you're going to snap as I much would, as you would like to remain faithful and right. and, and monogamous and non-kinky. And, right. you know, I said, is, is that the price you are willing to pay? So I would suggest to... For to, this relationship. Couple, right. And many people do. And many, 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 many people do. And I can tell you the story of my boy... And uh, that brings that home for me. But many people like this uh, would benefit from going to a kink-aware um, marriage uh, or a uh, couples counselor. Mm-hmm. Couples counselor. There are many couples counselors out there who will address what jealousy is because that's what we're talking about here. It's a jealousy reaction. It's I'm not enough for you. You need other people. Why do yeah. you need other people? What's that doing for you? Why am I not enough? I don't want to see you with other people. Well, um, if it means something to the both of you, and if you don't resolve it, you will break up, uh, there is a potential way to solve it with a couple's counselor who is kink-aware and kink-friendly. And uh, you can talk about what uh, jealousy means and uh, why it uh, is um, uh, so destructive in our lives and uh, the possibility that you might be willing to explore a little yourself. Guess what? Why not? Hey, uh, it could be really hot. It could be really fun. And the first couple of times you explore together something, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Nothing is um, coerced. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to play. You don't have to do any of those things. Just go and hang out. Maybe even be social. Talk to another couple of couples. Watch a couple co-top a bottom. How interesting is that? What do you think the dynamic is in terms of communication between a couple who is erotically topping a bottom? Wow. Oh, the connection is incredible. Wow. Absolutely incredible. I mean, that is really something. It really, really is to me extremely exciting. One of the things I did want to mention, though, with all of this is um, the world is changing. The Mm. world is definitely changing. Um, It is turning out. I mean, since the the, uh, Supreme Court decision on gay marriage, lots of things have been happening. And the acceptance of a family unit of more than two adults is becoming um, a lot more, um, I wouldn't say common, but I'm going to say acceptable than it ever was. And again, what Esther Pearl said, you know, traditional monogamy is on the wane and it's increasingly untenable. Now in Somerville, Massachusetts. Yeah, Somerville, right? You were going to mention that? Mm -hmm. Somerville, Massachusetts, I thought this was fascinating. The town actually voted to accept the definition of a family uh, or to include in the definition of a family more than two adults at the same within the same unit, which is remarkable. Yes, and then a couple lovely. of weeks after doing this, I think this was in 2020, uh, a couple of weeks after doing this, uh, Boston also picked it up as well. And you're going to see more and more of this. And what does that mean in terms of health care? That yeah. when they are not recognized as a family unit, right. the the let's say the the man has the job has a job and and he carries the insurance. He can now have both of his partners on his insurance right. because it has been recognized exactly by a legal entity by a legal entity. Right. Right. So we we would not be having this conversation, you know. 10 years ago, 20 right. years ago. Right. It's, it's the more enlightened people become and 
the I'm going to say something very sexist now. The older generations are passing away and they're being replaced by millennials and Gen Xers and all of those different um, time-sequenced groups of people who are having more open communication and and more sexual freedoms and uh, more conversations about... God, it it was accepted that you married your husband and and you were a virgin when you married. Now, now it's acceptable to have premarital sex. You know, premarital sex is what they call it. Yeah, damn straight you should have premarital sex because if you're going to marry that person conceivably for the rest of your life, you damn well better make sure that you guys are compatible. That you like the same shit and the same shit gets you off. Because there is nothing worse than being married to a man whose sexual appetites are completely different from yours. And you didn't find that out beforehand. You only found that out after. And when you fake it by hiding who you are, well, that certainly doesn't help either. So things are changing. There is there is no question about it. Things are changing. I mean, 40 years ago, we would not um, have considered uh, divorce as something um, desirable, for example, as a, in a president of the United States. In fact, maybe it was 40 years ago or so, Ronald Reagan was the first president who had been divorced and remarried. Uh, subsequently, we've had you know who, who's done it, <laughs> the walk down the aisle quite a few times. But in any event, things definitely are changing. What used to be forbidden, what used to be beyond the pale to even discuss, is changing. And again, I'll mention the fact that the Supreme Court talking about um, um, what comes after same-sex marriage uh, in, in, the, um, uh, in the decision that the court came down with. There was discussion by uh, the, uh, the justice, uh, uh, John Roberts, uh, as to what comes next. And it is inevitable that something else will come down the pike next. And it's not going to be people having sex with animals. It's going to be an opening up of what a family means. And, of course, you see a lot of this right now um, in terms of... Um, uh, child custody, that more than two people can be recognized as the parents of a child. Mm. So these things are happening, uh, whether you like it or not. Society is changing. This is the way it goes. And um, uh, we'll have to see what it, what, it will bring, what it will bring about. And in the meantime, uh, the longer we can keep ourselves from um, um, hiding who are authentic uh, self is, the better off we will all be. There's no sense. There is no sense in keeping this kind of, of, of secret. It's a poor choice. It really is. Because it's going to follow you. And it's going to follow you. And it's going to haunt you. Yeah. It really, it really, really is. And right now, uh, you're a single woman and your fiancé uh, comes to you and says, um, I need to tell you what really turns me on. I need to tell you this is going to be part of my life. And it's something I want. And um, I need to tell you this and take the risk that you will turn around, walk away, and break off our engagement. But I'm a cross-dresser, and I like kink. Take it or leave it. Yep. It's a risk. There is no question about it. Absolutely. But uh, if you want to live a life... Yep. That is authentic, that does not drive you nuts, that you have to secretly run around and have these assignations with other people on the sly. Uh, this is what you do. You take the risk and, and you, you have act to be ethically upfront. and you do what you need to do to live your best life. Yes, and that means taking a risk. When I met my husband... We started dating right away. It was instant connection, instant chemistry between us. 
we started dating. And he knew from the moment when we met at a kink event. So obviously he knew I was kinky. Um, and I, you know, I said, I, I'm non-monogamous. I, I like to play with a lot of people because I like the energy. I like that t- style of play. I said, this is who I am and I, I'm not changing. Um, cause you know, oh, compromise and marriage and everything. I said, this is something I will not compromise on. I will not pay the price. I said, this is who I am. Uh, this is who I choose to be now because I want to live an authentic life. And you run that risk. You do run the risk of, of that person saying, oh my God, you are not the person for me. And you know what? If someone says that to you, run. Thank you. Uh huh. And go. Thank you Turn and go. And run away. Thank you and go because and they go gave find you somebody else. That's right. They gave you the best information ever. That's right. And 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 don't be afraid of that. Right. Don't be afraid to hear. Wow, you are fucked up. I'm out of here. All right. Adios, amigos. You know, let me find someone who's going to be like, really. I'm kinky too. Let's be kinky together. You know, it's not a risk that everybody's equipped to, make, to, to make. take. It's scary. You it know, it, it really isn't. And and the reality is that it takes a certain amount of self knowledge and confidence. Confidence. And, uh, and acceptance. Acceptance, awareness, all those kinds of things to take that kind of a risk. You know, are you going to find your heart's desire again with somebody else? Well, that's the risk you take. Is it better to live in secret? Is it better for the person who's supposed to be your quote-unquote partner, spouse, mate, not to know who you are? Is that better? Mm. I don't know if that's better. In fact, I know it's not better. Okay? Absolutely. Now I'm in a very long-term relationship, quite a few years, okay? And uh, when I met uh, the man that I married, um, it was like maybe the second or third date that we were on. We had not yet uh, been intimate with each other, but I knew it was coming. And uh, I, I, I pretty much said to myself, this is the perfect man for me. We shared everything that was important to share in terms of who we were as humans living on this planet. We had the same value system. Ethically speaking, we shared the same point of view. We came from the same religious background, the same socioeconomic background, etc. It was perfect. And I told him, I came straight out. I said, look, um, I have to live in a relationship or I must live in a relationship that is led by me, a female-led relationship. Now, these were not very common going back 40 years ago, 35 years ago, okay? But I knew who I was, and I had been that person since I was five years old. I just discovered it. It was who I was, and it was something that was uh, part of my personality, Okay, I wasn't willing to give it up, even though this guy was the catch of the century for me, and my mother was crazy about him. Okay, he wasn't a doctor, but he was close enough. So anyway, <laughs> it's the truth. So in any event, I told him, I said, "This is this is where I'm at. It's going to have to be a female-led relationship, and it's going to mean that I'm going to follow my uh, uh, my bliss," as Joseph Campbell used to say you have to follow your bliss in order so to be in a complete closing person. in closing what would you uh recommend to to um if you want to get involved and you want to try polyamory and you want to see what that entails and what we can do about that and get yourself a book just read about Get it. Get yourself a book. Read on it. There's a, a load of information all over the place. Um, go check out uh, Fet Life, as we've mentioned uh, in previous uh, things. Episodes. And Fet tell Life. your partner. I told my partner. I said, "This is it. This is who I am. It's going to have to be a, a, a fem uh, a fem led relationship." And he said, "Guess what? I want you to be happy. It's okay with me." There you go. Yes. Took a risk. It was worth it, okay? Yep. And yep. some, quite a few years later, we're still, we're still there. It hasn't been easy. There have been conflicts. Oh, but absolutely. I'll tell you something. The conflicts didn't come 
from my wanting to be poly or my engagement yes. in an SNM relationship. The conflicts were just like any other conflicts with a relationship. relationship. Parents, in-laws, money, kids, yeah. things along those lines. It's the same no matter Absolutely. what. So my advice or how I would like to end this, follow your bliss. Be true to yourself. Be authentic. Be authentic. Yeah. Be real. Take the risk. What you gain is going to be a lot greater it's than what exponential. you could ever lose. It's challenging and difficult at times, but I would not give it up for anything in this world. I would not give it up because it is so unbelievably rewarding to to have those relationships. And doing it in conjunction with, with your spouse. partner, with your spouse, with your mate, with the person you love the most in the world. Wow. Pretty it, great. It's, it's, yeah, you can't, Pretty you can't ask for a better yeah. life. So if you have enjoyed and what we have been discussing for the last hour and you have any questions or comments, please be sure to send them to us at tkw at com. That's, of course, the numeric two, tkw at com. Listen each month on uh, many podcast players. We are available. And we're also, you can listen on our homepage. And don't forget, when you're on the homepage, read the blog and download, yes, your free downloadable infographic each month. We like to educate. And if you come to the homepage, you can download that. And that homepage is twokinkywomenpodcast.com, numeric two. To kinkywomenpodcast.com. And we thank you for listening. We are two kinky women. And we want you to be kinky too. See you next time. Yes. Thanks. Bye bye.